Welcome to Olympian Method. I'm Sean. And I'm Wolf. This is a philosophy show where we ask the big questions. And we provide the answers, but then we doubt those answers. We doubt the answers, and we need your help. So please comment down below. Let us know what you think. Engage in philosophy with us. We'd love to know, we'd love to know what you think. Indeed. We really would. All right, Wolf, I'm going to go to our text thread to, to try and wrap things up a little bit. Obviously. Yeah, the source of all great knowledge. The source of all great knowledge, the text thread. <laughs> um, so I, I said to you essentially that uh, I feel like I understand why this is such a difficult topic because yeah. postmodernism or this, we'll call it this reckless skepticism um, or, or, or just the, the ad infinitum skepticism causes you to uh, encounter an existential crisis of how little you actually know. Yeah, and we sort of talked about that in the previous episode where we did a lot of talking about perception, skepticism, and those types of things and went over sort of some of the logic, potential logical conclusions of, of that extreme form of skepticism already. Right, right. And, and I mean, are we in agreement that this can kind of dovetail with nihilism if taken to an extreme, like that vacuum leads to an absence of value? It can. Um, it can. I, don't, I don't want to ever say that it has to because that's just... That's giving up too much ground there. It is giving up too much ground. So, so what are the redeeming qualities of postmodernism? Do you think? Um. So I think we we've we've sort of agreed that we have the skepticism towards the the meta narratives, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we we've talked a little bit about some of the potential limitations that we live under because of those meta narratives, mm -hmm. and. I think that there's also been, there's been, let's say, abuse of some of the meta narratives. And this is this, I think this is not just true of the Enlightenment. I know it was kind of a reaction to Enlightenment, but the right. same thing is true of previous narratives like the, the more religious approaches, right? Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways, this is kind of a more comprehensive framework for challenging the status quo, as it were. Right. It's, it's almost an idea about rebellion, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. And I think it's, you were talking about this a little bit off off camera or off off you know offline or whatever about <laughs> how uh, providing that counterpoint um, maybe helps us actually develop more more well thought out um, approaches by being able to respond to criticism of right. of what you know I think you and I are both fairly enlightenment minded in terms of our thought processes. I think, I think we both strive for it for sure. Yeah. We definitely both. I hope we do. I hope you do too. <laughs> um, but yeah, you said, uh, you know, taken to the extremes, we have very little or no room to progress for, for progress. Right. Right. So obviously cowardly cowardliness, if you're not skeptical about anything, then you're just basically a vessel for whatever the dogma of the, the society that you're in gives so yeah you're you're just you're just taking in the narrative as it's being fed to you you're like uh you know clockwork orange with your eyes just you know <laughs> forced yeah. open and you're, you're just accept you know you're just, you're just having to take it all in and you're accepting that and that's that's your that's that's what you think right and by the way in a tyrannical system that would be forced upon you and you wouldn't even have the option of performing skepticism you wouldn't you wouldn't be able even to practice skepticism well see Right. I, I, I want to disagree with that slightly because okay. I think that you would be 
you would be forbidden from expressing skepticism. Mm. But I think that, th and this, this goes back to Stoic philosophy. I think the one thing we do have control over though, is our own thoughts. We can still be thinking critically right mm -hmm. now, but I think there's a, there's a problem there. If we're not able to express that openly, if we're not able to have dialogues or exchanges with other people that would necessarily limit how much ideas would spread or develop, or, you know, in the enlightenment sense, they would, you know, work, work together collectively to improve the system. So yeah, I think it would, it would, it would hinder progress to a certain degree, but I don't think it would prevent, uh, skepticism or, or that type of thought process within the individual, if that makes sense. Right. And not to circle, keep circling back to the root note of the mm -hmm. conversation, which I really think is actually freedom of speech. You know, if it wasn't for the idea of freedom of speech and freedom of expression, you know, these, these postmodern ideas that question overarching meta narratives might not even have been allowed to come to fruition. Right. Right. Or, or, or to be expressed, they would have been, they could have been suppressed. Like in some, some areas that does happen actually. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with that, but I don't, I don't think that that for that reason that we should necessarily rule out all of, uh, the postmodernist thought, because I think mm -hmm. that what I was just getting at is that there, there's definitely, there's, there's still, there's always value to challenging if we can be doing things better. So mm -hmm. there along that, along that spectrum of skepticism, there's, there's always going to be a healthy amount of it. And I think that there are, there are some within the, the community that, that ascribe themselves as being postmodernist, or at least like to think in that way that are applying a healthy amount of skepticism. And it's this, it gets into a dangerous or mm -hmm. it gets into a difficult situation of how do you decide what's the right application of that? Exactly. And and I kind of mentioned off camera that I wanted to kind of talk about economics a little bit, and I'm very poorly informed on economic theory, like okay. actual doctrine, but it, it seems to me that, you know, culture is upstream from, from politics, but then economics is upstream from, from culture. And so the way, and economics is a social science, right? Mm -hmm. So, so how does postmodernism say influence economics like what what i mean to be skeptical of economic systems i think we can all argue is is a good thing but obviously you don't want to just completely tear down everything about an economic system and then try to build it from the ground back up you don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily right right and i think this 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 is also like so i think with with any system where you want to be skeptical and critical and challenge the status quo like i was saying i think it's better to come, you, you, you need to come up with a way of making progress by sort of evolving and working within the system that you're in. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are, there are certain aspects of, of economics that are sort of just ingrained in us, um, with, I mean, in, in a lot of different ways with, with regards to things like fairness and value and all that sort of, you know, labor and all those sorts just, of things, justice too, justice know. and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So I think that you can't just forget all that mm -hmm. and somehow start from scratch in some sort of utopian society. Mm -hmm. Um, so that just seems like pointless to me, but I think that there's still room to question when, where, where there is unfairness and fraud and all these other things going on within your system. Like, yeah, you need to be able to be skeptical of those things. But again, it's like, what's the right amount of skepticism to apply? That's, that's right. And it, to read your uh, text, you know, perhaps a, we should warn our, our audience against taking, taking things too far while acknowledging that there's a healthy amount of skepticism to have, basically what you just yeah, said. Basically just, yeah, my own thoughts read back to me. <laughs> so, so, I mean, um, but I think 
the the way to navigate this is yeah, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, but but also don't don't just blindly accept what everyone is telling you, right? I mean, we obviously live in a day and age where we're, we're we have phones, we've got podcasts to listen to, we have all of these distractions that are sort of feeding us information. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make a decision about whether this information is actually good for us, right? Like we're, we make these little discriminatory decisions about what it is that we like, what it is that we don't like. And uh, I mean, discrimination loosely, but it, it's, it's the question of what will make our lives better, so to speak. And hmm. allowing the dialogue to ask that question. And, is, and how do we even decide what is the better life, right? <laughs> how do you make that value judgment, right? Right. I mean, like, where do, we, where do we aim for, right? It, 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 I mean, you mentioned that you might want to talk about moral relativism. Do you think, like, postmodernism kind of allows for that? Um, I think it does. But I don't think that's necessarily like an irredeemable quality of it either, because I, right. I yeah, because I think that there's a couple different flavors of relativism here and even subjectivism, too, which is like kind of wrapped up in the same school of thought, because I think to take, to take a step back, I think it's possible to rather because one, one potential approach is sort of the Socratic, you know, all I know is that I know nothing. Right. Appro- like that's the one reaction. And that's like, yeah, I mean, that, that what does that tell you? Like that, that, that. You know, it's 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 good to challenge the degree to which you know things. But what I would say is, there's like a softer form of that that I more personally subscribe to, which is just that there's that there's you know there's less certainty with the things that I know. Mm-hmm. And so, what I mean by that, so I'm going to come back to to the moral relativism mm-hmm. in a second here. So, what that means is that the approach that I'm taking is is not it's not that it's it's basically it's basically opening up the room for sort of doubting and this is a very um this is a very cartesian approach where there's sort of there's there's certain basically there's there's a certainty in my head with regards to the knowledge i have but there's also a willingness to accept more knowledge that i don't yet have if that makes sense so so fill your cup up but don't fill it up all the way (laughs) something like that um so so back to back to the moral question here so what I think we can say here is that there, it comes, it comes down to whether it comes down to like, we, we want to believe there can be moral progress that, mm-hmm. that some systems of, of morals or some systems of ethics are lead to better outcomes than others. Right. Yes. And so I think that any extreme form of moral relativism kind of throws that away. And that's, that's what I want to get away from, but there's a less extreme form of moral relativism, which is more of that. You, you have to build the system within the constraints of sort of the, the society and the social structures that you have. Mm -hmm. So you can point toward a potential objective moral, um, truth, let's say, right. If, if you believe that exists, but you may only be able to realize that up to a certain point based on the society you live in. So there might be a relativism based off of what your culture is willing to accept. Right. And if I, that makes sense. I like that you say that moral relativism kind of exists on a spectrum. It's almost kind of like you're saying that it's like, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but maybe there's more than one way to build a building. Maybe there's, there's more than one way to build an economic system that yeah. also achieves 
even though it might be different in its process and how it gets to the end goal, the end goal is kind of what we're all agree, what we all ultimately agree upon. We all want to lead happy lives that you know are meaningful, that give us a sense of responsibility. I would think, mm-hmm. but at an individual level, but on a societal level, you know, responsibility to other people as well. Yeah. Right. But how do we get there? That's how the question. Get, that's the question. Do you guys have any thoughts? We've, we, Wolf, I think we did a pretty good job of trying to jam, jam through this. It's, it definitely <laughs> felt like a jazz odyssey. Yeah. I have to say my, my, my head has definitely been hurting the most of all the episodes we've been working on so far. There's, there's, there's so many confusing topics all wrapped together in this one. Right. Well, I, I guess my closing thought would be, you know, if, if, if you're, if, if I'm ever feeling that, if you're ever feeling that, it's it's probably a good idea to just take a break, you know, take a nap, you know, as, as, Cart, as Descartes would say, you know, after I think about these things, I become quite tired and I must rest. So I think that's... Yeah, I think it's time for us to rest then. <laughs> perfect time to wrap up. Thank you, Olympians. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.